comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Praise God. Are you ready to be blessed in the word of God? Okay, come with me to Luke chapter 2 verse 40. Luke 2 40. Now, and the child grew, became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Somebody say the child grew, became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Say, I'm growing. I'm walking in wisdom and the grace of God is on my life. Say it aloud, I'm growing. I'm walking in wisdom and the grace of God is on my life. It's important we appreciate that spiritual growth is not optional. Spiritual growth is not optional, it's a necessity. Once you give your life to Christ, the most important thing to pursue is spiritual growth. 1 Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Once you get born again, if there is anything to pursue, is spiritual growth. And we've established why this is so important. And we talked about some of the critical areas, some of the things that we need to do. I started by saying that for you to grow, I'm concluding today, I said for you to grow spiritually, number one, you have to decide. Somebody said decide to grow. Now we said you must desire to grow. You must decide to grow. You must be disciplined to grow. And you must do the things that will help you to grow. How many of you remember that? Yeah. Desire to grow as newborn babies. Desire Decide to grow. Because you can be just for a long time and not be growing. Then be disciplined to grow. Find out what you must do. And that's what this month I've tried to show you. Just walk you through some of the things that you must practically do. It's not exhaustive because spiritual growth cannot be exhausted. It's something we are supposed to do till we meet the Lord. So it cannot be exhausted in a month or two. But this is what we can touch on for now. So we said, number one, to grow spiritually, you must feed spiritually. Somebody say feed spiritually. Spiritual feeding is essential, fundamental critical for spiritual growth. If you don't feed spiritually and you become spiritually famished, you cannot grow well. And we said there are two levels of feeding. Personal feeding and pastoral feeding. Number two, we said we must fellowship. Somebody say fellowship. Fellowship is also at two levels. Personal fellowship and corporate fellowship. You need to have a personal time with God. Personal time with God. There is nobody you will get to know without spending time with them. If you want to know me, spend time with me. If you meet me on this altar for 30 minutes a week, you can't know me better. Praise God. 
you need to spend time with me. If you want to know us, spend time with us. It takes making quality time, spending quality time, quantity time for that matter. It's not even just quality time. Quantity time. Praise God. So the more we spend time with God, the more of his nature, the more of his character we embrace. If you are going to walk and become like Christ, we must learn to spend time with God. And we do so in prayer. We do so in the word. Last week, we began looking at fellowship. Somebody say fellowship. The first level of fellowship is fellowship with God. And then the second level is fellowship with one another. Fellowship with one another. It's sad to know that most people don't know the importance of church. Church is not a social club. Church is a spiritual family. Praise God. It's not a social. We may do social things, but primarily church is a spiritual family. And you need to understand that and come with that mindset to receive the best from it. God ordained church for our spiritual growth. The Bible says in Psalm 84 verse 7, he said they go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeared before God. Somebody say appeared before God. Now you and I know that we are come unto Mount Zion, the city of a living God, the innumerable company of angels, the church of the firstborn. So Zion was for them a meeting place and for us spiritually to equal is a meeting place. Zion is a place. Thank God for Facebook Live. Thank God for YouTube. There are good platforms to use when you cannot make it physically to the church building. But it's never designed to be a replacement from going to church. Praise God. If you are immobilized, you are sick, you're on a business trip and you can't make it. There are good platforms to share fellowship. But fellowship was not designed that way. Praise God. And very soon you will come to see how that level of fellowship will not help you to grow. The reason why we need physical fellowship, there is an aspect Facebook will do, there is an aspect you can get from YouTube, but there are many aspects of fellowship that can help you to grow that you cannot get watching on a screen, watching on television, watching on a computer, no way. So those of you who are tuning online, welcome. It's good to have you join us in the service. But I want to encourage you, if you are not planted anywhere, find a Bible-believing church. This is one of the best. Join us and then your life will be transformed. Praise God. Never use it as a substitute. God never designed it that way. In those days, when Jesus was there, the Bible says in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, he says, he came to Nazareth where he had been read. As he always did. As he always, somebody say always did. As he always did, as he always did, as he always did. There was something Jesus did always. He didn't do sometimes, he did always. Always. As he always did, he went to the meeting place on the Sabbath day. Jesus was not at a mutual joint on a Sunday. He was in the temple on the Sabbath day. Praise God. Jesus was not watching TV or football match on a giant screen on Sunday. He was in the temple on the Sabbath day. On the Sabbath day, the Bible said, he went to the meeting place. He went for fellowship. David was the king. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of God. I know most of us, when we are going to the bank to cast money, we are glad. But much more must we be glad when we are coming to church. David said, a day in your court is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. 
how important is fellowship? Fellowship helps you to grow in a number of ways. Number one, regular fellowship with believers deepens your spiritual understanding. Somebody say deepens your spiritual understanding. When you meet a spiritually mature person, please take note. One of the signs you are likely to see is that their level of maturity is up. Mentally, spiritually, they are mature. They are mature. They understand the things of the spirit. They understand principles about church. They understand everything about church. Those are people who are not critical of church. They have spiritual understanding. They understand why we tithe. They understand why we give. They understand why we sink. So when they come to church, they are involved in everything. They are full of spiritual understanding. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 20, he says, brethren, do not be children in understanding. You know the way children understand things is different? Yeah. A child says, I want a toy. And he says, it's COVID. The child doesn't understand COVID. I want a toy. That's all. Praise God. But when you are matured, you understand things from God's perspective. You are able to appreciate things in a spiritual manner. Many people are very mental in their approach to spiritual things. And let me tell you, your mind is too limited to comprehend God fully. No matter how intelligent you are, you have to come up spiritually, mentally. You have to grow spiritually. There are some people sometimes, professionally, they are sharp, but spiritually, they are empty. Praise God. You need to have a blend. Be matured about spiritual matters. Deepen your understanding. And this level of understanding will not come by reading the Bible by yourself. Praise God. Thank God for personal reading. Thank God for personal time in the word. But there's a certain level of understanding you won't get. The Bible said when he ascended on high, he gave gifts unto men. He gave some apostles, prophets, so that our understanding can be sharpened spiritually. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15. Look at what your Bible and my Bible says. I will give you pastors according to my heart who shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Somebody say knowledge and understanding. You need it. That one must be fed to you. A lot of things need to be explained to you. When you went to school, a lot of things were explained to you. And now you have grown, you understand what is algebra. And there are many things that need to be explained to you. You read about tithe, it needs to be explained to you. You read about loving God, it needs to be explained to you. There are many things, let me tell you, there are many, many, many things about God, about life, about the Christian life that you can never comprehend studying the Bible from A to Z. Praise God. No matter how studious you are, you will not because it's not given to you. Praise God. Look at what the Bible says. There was a man by the name of Ethiopian Enoch. He was a reader, a voracious reader. He read the word by heart. Acts of the 8, verse 31 and 30. Then Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked him, do you understand what you are reading? <laughs> Look at what he said. He said, ah, yeah, yeah. He said, how can I unless someone instructs me? Somebody says, someone must instruct you. And when we come to church, God has ordained instructors. That's why there's a certain Bible passage you have read and read and read. But when you come to church and you hear it explained, it's as if you don't know that Bible. Praise God. That is God's plan and purpose. We need to be in fellowship to be able to assess that. So our spiritual understanding deepens. Look at Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 8. So they read from the book of the law of God 
and clearly, clearly, somebody say clearly, explain the meaning of what was being read, helping the people to, helping the people understand each passage. Helping the people, helping the people, helping the people, the Levites and the priests. That was their business. They are helpers. Praise God. You need helpers on your road to fulfilling your destiny. And one of the helpers you need are spiritual helpers. Paul said, we are helpers of your joy. Helpers will make your joy complete. That's why we come for fellowship. Number two is that regular interaction with other believers through fellowship helps you develop and grow in the fruit of the spirit. Somebody say, I'm growing in the fruit of the spirit. What is the acid test for spiritual growth and maturity? Is it tongues? If I decide to throw it as a question to you, I'll get beautiful answers. Some will say tongues. Some will say dancing moves. Some will say all kinds of things. Some will say Bible knowledge. And great, it's good to have Bible knowledge. Some will say the number of scriptures you can recite. Some will say how prayerful you are. But when I check the Bible, it is only by one fruit we are to be known. We are to be known by our fruit, not by our tongues. We are to be known not by our dancing skills, great as it is, but by our fruit. The Bible says in Matthew 7, 20, it says, therefore by their fruit you shall know them. What are these fruits? The fruits are clearly spelled out in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Somebody say, this is the fruit. What is it? Joy peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Verse 23, he says, gentleness, self-control, against there is no law against our things. Praise God. Now, when we have an opportunity to teach on the fruit of the spirit, you will be able to appreciate it. But, you see, the content of the fruit of the spirit is clearly outlined. Patience, self-control. It says, love, joy, peace. I was asking in the earlier service, that there are people, you meet them, and they are like, I'm a very peaceful person. How many of you have heard people say that? <laughs> How many of us think that we are very peaceful people? You are a peaceful person. How many of us think we are loving people? I'm just a loving person. Yeah. <laughs> now, because some of the people were here earlier, so they are not committing themselves because they, they know where I'm going. But you see, I have a lot of hands coming from here. Praise God. Now, listen. You are not loving until you have a temptation not to love. Praise God. You are not peaceful until somebody is really disturbing your peace. <laughs> you cannot say, as for me, I'm kind. When you have heard somebody speak some unkind words about you, and you have heard them, and Satan is giving you lyrics, diction, wild words, that the moment you begin to spell them out, the person will know his level. You see, <laughs> when all of that comes and you refuse to say those things, then you say, I am kind. Praise God. Having been provoked before, all of us, when we are provoked, we can say things, oh, peace. How many of you agree with me? Yeah. Or maybe we don't, we don't say things, but we think things. We think things. But those who are self-controlled, how will you know you are self-controlled? You have to hear things. And then when you are hearing things, you want to say things back. Then self-control will now come in. 
So what it simply means is that nobody can grow and mature in the fruit of the spirit living as an island. You have to be around people. You have to be amongst people. So if you are a monk, it's not difficult to be holy if you are a monk. No, no, no. Monks, they live in the bush with the animals. It's easier. But when you live in a home with a husband who is not perfect, when you live in a home with a woman who can say some things to you, and your ego is boiling. <laughs> then you will know whether you have the fruit of the spirit or not. Praise God. Unfortunately, it is when we come into relationships that we get to know ourselves. Praise God. That's why it's critical. That's why we need fellowship. We need to be part of fellowship. Sometimes in fellowship, you are kind to somebody and you expect him to be kind. I'm not complicating here. You attended somebody's wedding and his wedding, you are expecting him to be there. Sometimes you even wanted them to play a role for you. And by the time you go, maybe some emergency or something comes up and they are not able to come. And two weeks after, there's an event in their lives and you have to be there. Then you have a typical opportunity to demonstrate whether you are kind or not. Praise God. The Bible says, if you are kind to those who are kind to us, and we are good to those who are good to us. What do we more than those who are in the world? Praise God. The Christian life is not a joke stuff. Praise God. It's practical. That's one of the things I like about Christianity. It's practical. It's practical. I don't like abstract and fake things. No. Regular fellowship helps you to be able to interact with people. So when we come to fellowship, we interact with different people. Some of them are impatient, others are kind, others say some things and all kinds of things. You get angry. As for me, the way, I don't like the way he spoke to me. I'm not coming to the choir again. Listen, that is also refining something in you. Praise God. It's not just about how he spoke to you. It's also about how you received it. Because sometimes we hear things, but the way we interpret it ends us in error. Praise God. Number three. Regular fellowship with believers makes you accountable. Somebody say accountable. Say accountable. You see, God wired us for accountability. He planted Adam in the garden and Adam was supposed to be accountable to God. When he decided he didn't want to be accountable, you saw where he ended, he lost everything. Adam didn't want to be accountable. God said, Adam, for all the trees in the garden, you shouldn't touch this one. You are accountable to me. Adam said, no, I want to be God so that I'll be accountable to myself. You see, gods are accountable to themselves. Those who play the role of I know it all, uh, I think it all, and I'm the best of myself, they put themselves in the class of God. And we are not. Praise God. Accountability is critical for character development. Somebody say accountability. As a pastor, we have a team of pastors I'm accountable to. Praise God. Because if you leave this man alone, I fear God, I love God. But absolute power corrupts absolutely. Praise God. If you are the one in charge of everything, you can easily misbehave. So be accountable. Somebody say accountable. God ordained accountability. He said the head of every man is Christ. The head of Christ is God. The head of the woman is the man. Praise God. All are structures of accountability. And if you are not willing to be accountable, you cannot become the best of yourself. Why would they put CCTV cameras in a place? Because they know you didn't go to the bank to work there to steal, but you'll be tempted to want to steal. Praise God. All of us in the dark, you see, 
you may think you are fine. Let us give you certain privileges alone by yourself. Then you know you are not as holy as you think. <laughs> Am I communicating somebody at all? Yeah. Never fool yourself and say, ask for me. No, I can do that kind of thing. Hey, you can do it easily. You can do it easily. Never trust yourself. The Bible said the heart of man is deceitful and desperately wicked who can know it. No wonder David says, search me, O God, and know my heart to be. When we are in a relationship, it makes us accountable. Your wife can ask you, where have you been? Where are you going to? Don't say, ah, how dare you ask me that question? Don't be a foolish husband. Answer in humility. <laughs> Praise God. Answer in humility. I'm going here. Some husbands, their, <laughs> their weapon is their phone. You pick it, there's battle. Because they don't want to be accountable. Praise God. And there are people who come to church. You see, we live in an age where there's a lot of privacy. Do you know? We have a lot of privacy. I mean, those days, when I was growing up, to watch pornography, you have to be at a movie station. And we used to watch it at a very odd time in the night. Praise God. Watch the ordinary movie. And then at a certain deep time in the night. That's where those things were going on. But today, oh, all you need is a smartphone. All you need is a smartphone. And Satan to just anoint your mind. That's all. That's all. And you see, because as the world becomes more private, people lose their sense of accountability. People lose their sense of accountability. I mean, people come to church and... They just want to be in church. They don't want their matter at all. Pastor, don't come on my matter. The only people who have had problems with me are people who had a challenge and I had to speak into it. Most of the time, they are fine with me. I'm good. I'm a good pastor. I'm a loving pastor. I'm their fine pastor. Until I begin to address them and tell them, brother, sister, this thing you are doing is not good. A Christian should not live like that. Then immediately, they begin to call me names. Praise God. A gentleman left this church. I spoke to him. He was borrowing money left right center. I am telling you so that you don't end up doing the same. Praise God. Borrow money left right center. It came to me. I addressed him. And I thought things had gone crap. No, no, he was in the business of doing it bigger scale. Then he went to do it outside. Somebody outside who is not a member of the church now called me. That this is what your so and so has collected money on. I mean money. <laughs> and when we were looking at dependability and I was just emphasizing on a good name Africans let's develop a good name eh? you see there's no amount of money you want in your lifetime when your name is good you can't get when your name is good any amount of money you can get but when your name is bad eh? the one that you have you even lose it the last one that broke the camp, he went to borrow money. And the person called me and said, oh God, listen, you don't do things like that. Look at, and I was just reasoning with the man because anybody who can give you that kind of money must love you. Anybody that can give you that kind of money must love you. God must have given you favor in the sight of the person. And then I called him and said, brother, what you are doing, apart from spoiling your business, you are also bringing dishonor to the name of Christ. And now me too, I'm in the matter now. But my name being the matter is not important. Let's do the matter this way. This person said, I've disgraced him. Is that disgrace? The disgrace is that you are borrowing money without paying. That is a disgrace. Everywhere you pass, this is the guy who borrowed my money and didn't pay. That is a disgrace. 
But you see, when Satan wants to destroy you, he twists your mind. He, when you are giving counsel, you see foolishness in wise counsel. Praise God. You are accountable to us. If you are living with somebody you are not married to and we come in and we say, brother, get things right and settle and marry. We are not pushing anything on you. We are helping you to be accountable. You cannot be staying in church and you are fornicating and when a sister tells us that this sister who is part of us, this is a, a experience and we call you to order, you say, I'm leaving the church. And listen, you see, we live in an age of church prostitution. Somebody say church prostitution. The reason why there's a lot of loose morals in church is because of prostitution. Let me misbehave here and I'll go here. If I misbehave in faith house and the pastor talks, I'll just go to lighthouse. If I go to lighthouse and I misbehave, action is there. So people move, 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 move. You see, when you lack character, you can't stay at one place. That's why it takes a lot of character to pastor. When you're a pastor, you are with one people at one place for a long time. One of the cheapest roles to fulfill in ministry is itinerary ministry. Where you go and preach, you go, you live here, travel here, go and preach, travel here, go and preach. Me, if I go to Accra, I join somebody's church and I go in and preach. God forbid. And I engage some of the girls. Nobody knows me there. Praise God. But by the time you do one, two, three, in the city you are, ah, you'll be found out. When people cannot stay at one place, it's a mark of a lack of character. When people lack character and they don't want to be trained, they don't want to work on their character, they shift a lot. Praise God. They shift a lot. If you move here because you are running away from something, settle here. And change here. Somebody say an amen. amen. Yeah. Because we live in times, Abby, very few pastors will ask you, why have you, if the person is not saved, why have you decided to join the church? We all want numbers. So whatever the person did, if he killed somebody there and joined, once you have come, your sins are forgiven, the grace of God has covered you, let's fellowship. Praise God. Be accountable. Praise God. Be accountable. There are people who are in church, when pastor comes into their marriage, they are in trouble. Praise God. But when you are going to marry, the church counseled you. So when you have problems, can the church counsel you? And they've warned their wives strictly, particularly the abusers. Any man who is abusing you, abusing you emotionally, and tells you nobody should know, he will kill you eventually. You remember Sylvester? It will not be your testimony. No, 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 no. no. Praise God. Yeah. I'm preparing to do a teaching on toxic relationships. Toxic relationships. Because there are some people, they are only existing. They are dead walking about. They are emotionally unstable. Toxic relationships. Number four, regular fellowship with other believers helps you to fulfill the one another instructions in the New Testament. Somebody say one another. Uh-huh. When we stay with people, we have to fulfill certain responsibilities. Growth comes with responsibility. Somebody say growth comes with responsibility. Say growth comes with responsibility. When you are in school, when you need money, you call. You send a text message, what's up, and it comes. But when you finish school, they will leave you at home and you have to sort yourself out. There are people who refuse to grow because they are afraid of responsibility. People who should marry, they don't want to marry because of fear of responsibility. Your ability to handle responsibility is a sign that you are maturing. And there are many responsibilities we have towards one another in the church and in the house of God. 
The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Ephesians 5, 25. It said, therefore, each of you must put away falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we are all members of one. Say we are members of one body. What does this mean? What it means is that every part contributes to another part. We are members. The hand, you will never know the role your hand is playing until it's not there. You will never know the pain of having no leg until your leg is not there. You will never know the challenge of having no eyes until you are losing your eyes. Every part of the body is not the same, but every part of the body is important. Praise God. And the Bible says when we come together, there are many things we do for one another. What are they? We are to greet one another. Somebody say greet one another. That means you can be in church and be a loggerhead with somebody. Praise God. Greet one another. And in the New Testament times, they used to do it with holy kiss. Praise God. But in COVID times, we showed that one another. Praise God. Accept one another. That's what the Bible says. Accept one another. Again, it says, encourage one another. Again, he says, comfort one another. He says, forgive one another. That means somebody will offend you. Am I communicating here? Comfort one another. Somebody will go through a moment of pain. You have to stand with the person. Again, he says, confess your sins one to another. That means amongst us, sin can go on. Can somebody say an amen? amen? And we need to build bridges for people to be open. Praise God. And be able to speak honestly so they can find help. Confession brings healing. Amen? But if everything you are told, you are a tape bearer, who reveals things on the internet. Nobody can trust you with anything. The Bible said, pray for one. Pray for one. So you see my weakness. It's not the moment for you to announce it. It's time for you to pray for me. I'm going through a challenge. That is not for you to criticize me and use all manner of languages. Oh, this sister, I think the reason why they are not getting children. I heard that when she was in secondary school, she was very promiscuous. Were you there with her? Were you her roommate? Were you in the same dorm? Why have you become a gossip? Why don't you pick it up and say, Lord, this is a member in our family. And the Bible says that none shall be barren in the house of God. And so I'm going to stand with this family until they conceive. That's your responsibility. Your responsibility is not gossip. The Bible said we should not lie about one another. We should not gossip about one another. But we should pray for one another. Again, he said we should bear one another's burden. Now, imagine how you will do all of this alone. All of this. There are too many of them. In fact, I am actually planning to do a long series on the one another's. Praise God. How life in the church is supposed to be one another. How do I get the most out of regular fellowship? How can I make the most out of regular fellowship? Number one, be regular. Somebody say be regular. Say be regular. Don't come to church once every two weeks, once every three weeks, occasionally. No. Be regular. Be regular. Sometimes I know some of us are duty bound and we are not able to make it. But if you are not duty bound, you have no business staying at home. Some of you say, oh, I don't feel like going to church. Then you feel like sliding. Yeah. You don't feel like going to church. When you don't feel like eating, don't you eat? When you don't feel like bathing, don't you bath? When you don't feel like brushing your teeth, don't you brush your teeth? So we don't do things because we feel like doing them. We do things because it's fit and proper to do them. Can somebody say an amen? Why? Coming to church is a command. The Bible says, don't give it up. 
And then number two, be known. Somebody say be known. Be known. Don't be a mystery in the church. You are a mystery. Nobody knows you. You are like the wind. The Holy Spirit. Nobody knows where you are coming from and where you are going. You just blow. No, no, no. no. That's not Christian life. We have to know you. Know where you live. Know what you do. Praise God. Yeah. Whether you are married or not, don't come to church and you are married and you are hiding it. Why are you hiding that you are married? Is it because you are eyeing some other girls? If you have no evil intention, why are you hiding your identity? Praise God. Let us know you. Let us know you. So we can accept you. Praise God. Number three, you have to be connected. Somebody say be connected. Yeah, so be known, be regular, be connected. Be connected. Don't be living a Lone Ranger's life. How many of you have watched Lone Ranger before? It's a movie. Lone Ranger. Yeah. Steven Seagal, they never beat you some. You beat everybody. <laughs> Praise God. Join a group. Be part of a group. Join the choir. By all means, join because there's something you can join. Yeah, there is something you can join. Be part of the self-fellowship. We'll be relaunching it again. Those days where we used to have it actively. Some of us were not aligned. We put them in the group. They won't show up. Praise God. They won't show up at all. We are almost getting it relaunched. And this time, we want to encourage everybody to be part. Because, listen, our membership is defined by your membership in a self-fellowship. Sometimes somebody say, oh, this thing happened and nobody in the church visited. Because nobody in the church knows. You are not connected to anything. You just come and sing and go. Not connected to anybody. Nobody knows anything about you. Praise God. Number four, be financially committed. Be financially what? Can I talk about that? Everybody lift up your eyes and look at me. Be financially committed. Be financially. Everything we put our money in, our heart goes into it. Everything we put our money in, our heart goes into it. If this church has a challenge tomorrow, there are some people who will feel it. It will be those who have invested heavily inside. Once your money is inside, the Bible says that your heart will always be where your riches are. Your heart will always be where you give and you tie to the church. You are committed to it. You are interested in everything about the church. That's why you need to be involved. Bible says, when a man rob God, then he says, wherein have you robbed you? He said, in tithes and in offerings. How do we demonstrate financial commitment to the church? Through our regular tithes and our offerings and other commitments. Praise God. So be committed financially. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down, shaking together. Giving in the church connects you with unique blessings. In the book of Psalm 20, verse 1 to 4. Look at what the Bible says. It says, may the Lord answer you when you are in distress. I said, may God answer you when you are in distress. When you are in financial distress, may God answer you. Marital distress, may God answer you. Business distress, may God answer you. It said, may the name of the God of Jacob protect you. That's what happened to the King Job. The enemy wanted to terminate his life, but God protected him. God will preserve you. I said, God will preserve you. God will preserve you. The corporate prayer of the saints delivered him. Remember this month, we're praying about the Lord preserve me. You're going out and you're coming all through the month. After we finish at the pastoral level, we have to do an extended fast. 
I don't know what happened, but right from the spiritual emphasis, I just had a strong edge that Satan was about to mess up. Praise God. So after the general church fast, the pastors did additional three days. And our prayer, Lord, preserve everyone in this commission. Praise God. I didn't know that it was going to be him. But God delivered him. God will deliver you. He said, may he send you help from his sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. God sends us help. Every time we come to church, we are helped. I'm telling you, every time we come, spiritually we are helped, emotionally we are helped. Sometimes you come to church, you are so down. But the time church closes and you go back, energy has come again. Life has come again. God sends us help. And he says, he remembers all our sacrifices and accepts our burnt offerings. Where? In the church. And then verse 4. When that is done, he says, may he grant you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. Your plans will succeed. COVID or no COVID, your plans will succeed. Your project will go on. Give me a better amen. Be obedient. Somebody say be obedient. You have no business coming to church hearing the word of God and doing nothing with it. No. It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of your energy. Be obedient. Hear the word and put it to work. That's the only way you can be transformed. God transforms us by his word. God changes us from glory to glory. We are with open face beholding us in the glass of glory of the Lord. Are changed into the same image from glory to glory. God changes us as we remain obedient to his word. The Bible said, he that had an ear, let him hear what the spirit saith to the churches. He said, blessed are those who hear my words and do them. You be counted among the company of the blessed. In the mighty name of Jesus. Number six, be submissive. Somebody say be submissive. Don't come to church with your age. Leave it at home. Don't come to church with your professional title. Leave it at home. When you come to church, come in full submission. Come ready to receive. Don't be too old to receive. Don't be too professional to receive. Don't be too bossy to receive. You come, they say, let's lift up our hands. The choir is leading and your hands are down. You are too bossy to be blessed. You are too bossy. The usher tells you, sit here. And if it's not for air condition that maybe you have a challenge with, you just sit. Praise God. Flow. Be submissive. Be submissive. A lot of people come to church, but they don't submit themselves to authority. No. The Bible says, obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them. How can you submit to them? He said, by continually recognizing their authority over you. Praise God. When you come to church, you come under spiritual authority. We have authority over you. Pastors have authority over you. Yeah, service unit leaders have authority over you. If something happens, they can't speak to you and you must be willing to cooperate with them. Can somebody say an amen? amen. Very, very important. There are too many people who are not submissive at all. They come to church, they are not submissive. You can't speak to them, you can't counsel them. And they are just going through. So things that they can be delivered through counsel, they just destroy themselves. And finally, but most importantly, be loving and forgiving. Somebody say, be loving and forgiving. Oh, say it aloud, be loving and forgiving. Yeah. The Bible says in First Peter chapter 4, above all things, somebody say, above all things. And it's also good that it's my last point. Above all the things I've said. Uh-huh. 
Let's read it together. Above all the things you have written. No, say, above all the things I have noted. I must have intense unfailing love for one another. For love covers multitudes of sins. Forgives and disregards offenses of others. It's sad that the place where your greatest help and your greatest blessing comes from is also the place your greatest temptation to be offended is most. The church has a unique role in place in your life. So Satan also sets you up for offenses. People can be offended on their job. They don't resign. They can be offended with their landlord. They will move from the house. No, 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 no. I'm telling you. But when they get offended in church, they have stopped the church. You have to go and beg them. Listen. <laughs> it's a very sad thing. Because they don't want to grow and mature in love. Praise God. The greatest test of your spirituality is your love work. Is your what? And your love work is not in, I love you, Lord. Me, I love people. Let there be love shared amongst us. Let there be, no, 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 no. Your love is tested when you're offended. Somebody say, my love is tested. When I am offended. When you are offended with your husband, your love for him will be tested. Will you pack and go and live in your mother's house or you stay and solve the matter? Your love will be tested. Praise God. When you're offended by your spouse, your love will be tested. That's why I wrote here, I said, offenses are inevitable in all human relations, including church. Somebody say inevitable. In all human relationships, everywhere, your workplace, some junior worker will offend you. Some trusted worker will disappoint you. So get used to it. This, uh, I don't want to be offended. I don't want to be offended. Let me show you where you can go and you'll not be offended. Go to the forest, put up a hat, and be a monk. Praise God. That way you will not be offended. But as long as you stay among human beings, you will be offended. And take note of this. Hear me. It is not the absence of offenses that strengthens relationships. It is the biblical resolution of offenses that does. It's not the absence of offenses. As for my wife, she doesn't do anything against me. You people are fake. My husband, oh, my husband, there, she's the sweetest man. You married an angel. (laughs) It is not. It's not the absence of offenses that strengthens relationships, it's the biblical resolution of offenses. And the best biblical resolution of offense is forgive. Somebody say, forgive. 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 Your leader says something. Forgive. The usher says something. Forgive. Pastor says something. Forgive. I'm not communicating. If you will not learn to forgive, you can never become like Christ. We can sing like Christ, pray like Christ, come to church like Christ, but unless we love like Christ, we are failed. Praise God. Jesus didn't give us too many commandments. He gave us one. In John chapter 13, verse 13 to 34 and 35. I close. He says, a new commandment I give. Somebody say a new commandment. There are 612 commandments in the Old Testament. Jesus came. He gave one. He said, a new commandment I give you. That you love one another. Please see it. You love what? Uh Now listen. 
If you can't love people in the church, stop pretending you love your workers. It's fake. Praise God. If you can't love your brothers and sisters, forget it. He says that you love one another as I have loved you. Everybody, I can never stop saying this. Everybody, Pastor Ennis, wants to be loved the way Christ loves us. But we are not willing to submit the same love and express the same love to others. When it has to do with loving other people, you want them to straighten up. But if God wants you to straighten up, <laughs> he will kill you before you straighten up. Praise God. He said, just as I have loved you, love one another. In the Old Testament, you see, that is why the New Testament life is different. In the Old Testament, they were to love their neighbor as themselves. That commandment Jesus quoted, is not a, it was an Old Testament thing he quoted. This is his own commandment. He said, as I have loved you. And look at verse 35. He says, this is why you need it. By this, somebody say by this. By what? Tons. Coming to church. Giving offering. Dancing. Singing. Preaching. By what? <laughs> by what? By this all oh, will know you are my what? Disciples. If you have. If you have. So you are not a disciple if you have. Say I'm not a disciple. If I don't walk in love. So stop saying I'm a Christian. You are not. You are only as you walk in love. Praise God. You are only as you walk in love. May the grace of God rest upon you. May the Lord help you. May you get the benefit of fellowship. May nothing take you away from God's house. May you be rooted and grounded in God's house. May you move from glory to glory. In Jesus' precious name. Apokwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages, as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 540 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services. Our first service, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. Second service, 8.15 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. Third service, 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service with our first service, 5.45 p.m. to 7 p.m. Second service, 7.15 p.m. to 8.15 p.m. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasi Runabout, Kumasi. God richly bless you. Oh.